MX Network Production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Great day to be talking moto. July 4th, America's birthday, damn it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the time out for listening to this, if you're listening live. We, uh, we super appreciate it, and if not, you can catch it on the, ar- in the archives. It's on Stitcher. It's on iTunes. Uh, it's under the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's on the Pulp MX app. Um, yeah, lots of ways to listen to this, and like I said, if you're listening live, uh, we thank you, and uh, we got a great show coming up. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We're supported by Fly Racing. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys got that part. It's one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market. Distributed in 40-plus countries worldwide, we are going to give away, in honor of July 4th, Fly Racing Hydrogen Gear, a complete set, red, white, and blue. You have no color choices. You are getting the red, white, and blue hydrogen set of gear. And uh, we're just going to give that away to a random caller. So thanks, everybody. I'm Steve Mathis. With me taking your calls and handling everything behind the scenes is uh, the producer of uh, the Pulpamec Show, and maybe producer of the Fly Moto Show if he uh, if he if he plays his cards right. Uh, the Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? What's up, guy? Thanks for coming by. Yep. Uh, great show tonight. Uh, Steve Cox is coming on. Uh, Jason Thomas is going to come on and talk about Red Bud. 702-586-7857. Uh, call in. Let's talk moto. Um, we're going to get to our first guest here in a little bit, and then uh, Jason Thomas will round out the show. But if you have something to say about Red Bud coming up this weekend, round seven, of the uh, Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships, let me know. Call in. Tell me what you think. What we're one of the things we're getting on today is um, with the halfway point of the series, uh, disappointments and surprises of the year. Now, obviously, tits uh, uh, surprises. You can't say Villapoto and Dungey. We know that they're good. You we, can't say Rocks I, and Tomac. We thought they would do what they're doing. I think we were surprised that Villapoto was as fast as he was to start. Yes. Yeah. Last few weeks, maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. Maybe not. But uh, uh, basically, call in. Let me know what you guys think, what your surprises and disappointments of the series are. If I look at the uh, surprises halfway through the points, uh, a few names stick out to me right away. Um, one of them being um, in 250s, uh, Zach Osborne, fifth place. I think that's good. I think that's uh, a strong ride. Uh, Jason Anderson, sixth, consistent. That's uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, disappointments in that class to me. Probably be uh, Justin Hill a little bit. Uh, he's 11th in the points, but he just hasn't had that breakout speed. Uh, Davalos, once again, struggling uh, outdoors. Um, he's out with a virus right now. Up until then, he hadn't done that much in the class. Um, probably probably uh, Seeley, maybe 12th. He's a veteran. He should, you think would be uh, a little better um, than that. 250s, uh, 450s, that's 250s. 450s, I got to say, uh, disappointments. If we're getting onto that, Grant and Brayton, JGR guys, 14th and 15th in the points. That can't be what they're looking for. Uh, Brayton's not an outdoor guy, but he's better than 15th. Chad Reed, wow. Yeah, what else can you say? Uh, it's amazing um, that we're seeing Chad Reed just uh, 16th in points, and, and his best season best has been a 7th. So pretty amazing for that. Uh, positives in that class, Phil Nicoletti. Don't need to talk about him anymore. Uh, Filthy Phil, 11th in the points. Uh, had a couple of motos, too, with DNF, so... He'd be higher if it wasn't for that, and uh, he had a great Southwick and uh, going into into Red Bud, which we'll talk about with Jason Thomas in a little bit. 
Uh, JT is going to focus more on Redbud coming up this weekend. James Stewart, sixth. That's got to be a disappointment. Um, uh, Villapoto, Dungy, Barsha, Kennard, Alessi, they're all doing kind of what we thought they would do, I would say. Uh, maybe disappointment. Weimer um, should be more of a factor. He's 10th in the points, but you'd like to see some some speed from Weimer, some some top five for a while speed or, or, or lead a lap or something like that. I haven't seen him. Brett Metcalf, of course, won race at Southwick. I'd say that was a surprise. No one thought he would do that good. Uh, we talked about Brayton a little bit, and now Kyle. Kyle, you want to talk more about Justin Brayton? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going to see what you guys um, thought how you think he would do because he did. He went three four last year for second overall, and yeah, um, he's been picking it up a little bit as the season's gone on. So, how do you think he's going to do this this weekend? Yeah, yeah, that's what we uh, we we talked about a little bit. Um, with JT coming up uh, is uh, it's a pre-recorded thing we did yesterday with Jason Thomas about Red, but Brayton was good last year and he kind of came out of nowhere, you know. And he he only got he went DNF seven at Southwick, but that seventh was good. He had a shitty gate pick because of the DNF, and he's working with Buddy Antonez now. Um, and Budman's obviously pretty biased, but Budman seems to think he's he's helping Brayton with some braking and acceleration points, doing more uh, specific drills, figure eights, corners, that type of stuff. So I don't think he's going to get third again, Kyle, but I think he'll do all right. I think obviously he enjoys Red Bud. He likes Red Bud and all that. So um, it's probably one of the closest races for him besides Millville to his home, home state. All right. Do you, think, uh, do you think he can top five overall? Ooh. I don't know. You know, he went 7-7 seven, seven at uh, Bud's Creek for sixth overall, I think he got. Um, that's what I would look more for. I, I can't. Filippoto, Dungy, Barsha, Kennard. I can see all those guys beating him. Unless he's pretty good at Red Bud, there's always a James Stewart factor. So if Justin puts two consistent motos together, he can get in the top five overall. But I don't know for sure, just straight up, if he's going to get top five. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? What's up? I have a proposal for you if James Stewart finally wins one of these uh, overalls for you to do an RV. I know you're always saying it's raining yellow. Uh, right. If he wins uh, the overall, what are the odds you get a spray gun, fill it with lemon water, and spray RV and say it's raining yellow? I like it. I like it. And that would get, That's awesome. And that would get back to uh, – I would get back at him because uh, he actually inflicted some harm on me during Supercross when he came, up, when he came up from behind me and smacked my uh, – my calf um, with, a full, with a full baseball windup. Um, well, that's gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah, it really it did hurt and it left a mark. And uh, so why not? Yeah, I, sh- I should do that. Well, the I way like I it. figured it is not only are you spraying pump, but it is literally raining yellow it now is, on it's, RV. It's spraying. So you're getting two yeah. burns thrown at once, if you will. Yeah. But like anyway, it. actual question. Yeah. Top three 250 class this weekend. Uh, well, it's hard to beat uh, Roxanne or Tomac. I, I like Tomac. Um, it's going to be hot. Uh, I think we're going live again this weekend, so this, the breaks will be short. So Tomac, Roxon, and um, Baggett. Baggett's, Baggett really has ride, wrote, ridden red bed well. I know I'm not going out on a limb there, uh, Andrew. Yeah, not really. Probably in the safe zone for sure. Well, I mean, hey, you asked me. That's what I, that's what I think. I, I think there's <laughs> definitely in both classes there's clear divisions of guys, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, RV – both the Ryans, like it's what fifty right. seconds back from Barsha or Alessi, yeah. or anybody really. Yeah, but I, th- I think it, that's I think, it's, it is. I think it's the Ryans, and then it's Kennard, Barsha, Alessi, and Stewart um, who can get third. 
Um, oh, absolutely. And, and then after but that, anyway, yeah. have a great show. I'll right. be at Red Bull this weekend, so maybe I'll see you. Right on, Andrew. Thanks, man. See, if you see me, say hi. I will. Peace. All right, later. Um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting thoughts on uh, from that from Andrew. Uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. We're gonna give away red, white, and blue hydrogen gear here to a random caller. So, uh, you know, you got to call to win, though. That's that's the thing. That's the, that's the that's the gimmick. Um, what about Malcolm Stewart? Surprise. Twelfth in the points. He's twelfth in the points, which may not be a surprise. The placing itself isn't a huge surprise, but the rides have been. Uh, between Hangtown, um, between uh, Butts Creek, between um, one of the motos in Thunder Valley, I think he was up there. Between those rides, he's shown speed. He's been kind of inconsistent, which is what uh, Malcolm Mookie Stewart does, but he's, uh, he's been in the mix. So 12th, maybe the p- position isn't a, isn't a surprise, but his riding has been, has been very good. Um, Andrew Short, Brock Tickle, uh, I think they're doing what, what they do. Um, there's nothing new there. I think Mike Alessi's doing what he what he does. Um, so Alessi's Alessi rides Red Bud well. Of course, we can't forget the uh, the massive crash uh, years ago where half the pack landed on him. But besides that, um, Mike Alessi rides Red Bud very well. Uh, with me uh, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show to talk about halfway in the points, the surprises, the disappointments. Uh, a guy who's on the road uh, during the week traveling the national series. Um, photographer extraordinaire Steve Cox. What's up, Cox? What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, good. Hey, th- guy. Guy. Well, you can, you can say hi to tits. He counts. Um, All right. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. So you're no you're at Red Bud right now? Yeah, I'm watching dudes uh, have to leap right now from my truck. Oh, yeah? I'm just driving back in. I went and bought some mortars at a local fireworks oh, place geez. so I can blow stuff up tonight. Yeah, so massive, uh, massive blow up tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay um well happy happy july 4th for you and thanks for coming on yeah th- thanks for all you didn't do in canada you're welcome what do you mean like w- oh no you're canadian so like i'm just saying like oh yeah yeah you know. right um okay give me uh i mean obviously the ryans and barsha canard alessia speaking about that those guys are doing what we thought they would do i think this summer but in your eyes, uh, who's some of the surprises in the 450 class? Surprises? Well, Phil Nicoletti it surprises me all the time. He's always up there somewhere yeah, mixing it up with those guys. I think that's a big one, honestly. I, I, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it because he's usually in the mix with a bunch of factory riders, you know, mm-hmm. and a few behind him and a few in front of him. And, um, and that's all, all on this bike that supposedly isn't very good. Is so. is Phil is Phil good enough to get a uh, you know a Brett Metcalf spot like Brett rode for Suzuki or a Jake Weimer spot? Not Weimer's contract isn't up or anything, but is he good enough to get on a factory team in that spot? Uh, I think he could be. I don't think he is um, necessarily. Like you know, with all the Supercross stuff and everything else, they they have to do at that level, but. But I think he could be, yeah. I think that uh, um, if the right opportunity is maybe on a Rockstar Energy type, you know, team or, or uh, you know, something like that, and then, you know, sort of give him one extra step before a factory, he'd mm-hmm. be really good, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking to the NFAB, uh, Ty Lube, Yamaha guys, they're actively talking to Phil for next year. They want him back. Looks like they're going to get Yamaha support again. So uh, they're definitely going to try to keep him, do everything they can to keep him. And, and – 
it's always dangerous to think the grass is greener on the other side with a new team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he could even go, you know, it's happened before anyway, that he could even go to another Yamaha team and not do as well just because for whatever reason, sometimes guys mesh with a certain bike or a certain team a certain way and everything works good. And then, you know, they think that if they get on another team, everything will be better because it's maybe a more famous team or has more money. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't always pan out like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's, it's a weird dynamic because it's more than just, you know, money, I guess. There's a, there's a chemistry to it that you have to have. What about your disappointments in the 450 class? Uh, I mean, there's uh, – I'm going to be honest. I'm a little disappointed in Trey. I think that he should have been, like, mixing it up with the Ryans at least a few times by now, but he's always been, like, a click or two off of those guys. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really been in the mix with those guys. Um, I'm uh, also a little disappointed in, in Jake Weimer, and I think he was disappointed in himself right. so far. Yeah, um, we, we haven't seen Weimer, like, even show uh, a lot of – like. You know, you, you you haven't seen Weimer run top five and be like, wow, that's a great moto and say finish seventh or something, but run top five for, for 20 minutes or, or lead a lap or, or run top three for 10 minutes or anything. Like, Jake has been seemingly not getting starts and then just kind of working up to being whatever. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, is you know, it's a little deceiving because, you know, here I am saying it's been disappointing, but at the same time I'm going to defend him a little bit because I – I watched some of his motos where he it'll start fifteenth and and end up like seventh at the end and the and there'll be like three dudes right in front of him and uh, you know something like that but he's still seventh you know and like right, he's right. he's a factory rider and and when you're always seventh like it's not good it doesn't matter where you start you know <laughs> right right but like, so he's had good rides but just not like. All of it, you know, not like the start and then a good ride too, or you know, like. It, but it's kind of like the problem we talked about last time, where you know, Roxon was was having more complete races, but Tomac was faster, mm-hmm. so Roxon was just beating him, you know. And it's right. kind of that same thing. Like Jake has good races, but it's, he doesn't have a whole thing. He doesn't have a start and a good race, or like he doesn't have the whole package. Right, right, right. Um, let's get to uh... sometimes he has like none of the package. <laughs> Let's get to Mika. Mika, what's going on? What's uh, what's your question? Hey, man, uh, I was just wondering what the scoop is for Chad Reed on the 2014 Supercross season. Good question. Uh, I talked to Chad Reed yesterday for a while for an interview, um, and uh, I talked to him for a little bit. Everything is up for him, bike and gear and everything. He indicated that he really thinks he will be back on uh, with Shift and Fox um, next year, which – I think is um, uh, probably pr- pretty predictable. Uh, he's really turned that shift brand around and made it something s- cool. Um, and uh, for bike, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't know. He's in talks. I've I've gone on the record. I think he'll be blue. I think he'll be Yamaha. I do. I think you know it's his last deal, and uh, he needs to um, uh, cash out. Needs to make some money. He's on the hook for a lot of payment i don't think honda honda pays him that much mika so i i think he'll do something with the yamaha i really do yeah uh you know and i'll throw that in there too that i i honestly think i agree with mathis on that i think that uh yamaha is a good fit for him and i i know the guys at yamaha in the executive roles um all like him like all those guys they they all like him from back when he was there before and uh 
Um, so it would be a good opportunity for them to, like, if they believe in this 2014 450 and stuff, to really put a guy on it that they believe can can do the you know do some good you know yeah on the bike. You think he'll be the face of Yamaha when he's retired? Uh, I don't know about that. That's a little yeah, a little much. But I do think he wants to keep his team going, and I think yeah. uh, Yamaha is in the business of supplying teams with stuff. So you know who knows? There could be a fit there where he he puts a headset on, he becomes a manager slash owner. And they they get factory great factory Yamaha support and uh, the team carries on. So that'd be sweet. All right, Mika, thanks. No problem. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Nash. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, great show. Thank awesome you. Concept. Thank um, you. I just want to say thanks to to Fly. A year ago, you uh, you guys graciously sent some gear to me. I, you know, I called in at the right time, and and Kenny and you sent me some gear. Gear is really really good for an everyday guy who's riding. And I just want to say that, first and foremost. And uh, uh, 2014 stuff launches um, now, and all the fly racing guys will be in the 2014 gear this weekend. So I, I'm not being funny, and no one, it's not like anybody t- told me to say this or anything. I'm just being genuine. I rode with stuff for a year. I rode maybe 25 times with it. Nothing split open, no seam problems, really good quality stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Nash. Um, I, I got a question about JGR and what you guys have heard. I, I mean, it's a long time coming. The bike, I watched Ping ride the, the new bike and, and looked at what was going on with it. What have you guys heard, and, and would Reedy even be inclined? Well, you, you, I'm answering my own question right there. He'll keep Team 2-2 going because he wants that, like you just said, but maybe Nicoletti or, or like Metcalf, like you had mentioned before. What do you guys think? What do you know? Uh, I don't – well, one thing for sure, there's no chance Chad Reed does any Yamaha deal without riding a full works bike. You know, he, okay. that, that bike's got enough uh, – reputation that he'll he'll want to ride it and see how it is and see if he can work with it it's supposed to be pretty good but cox you're, you're more in the magazine uh test business on uh, these intros no one bags on the bike in these intros no one has ever bagged on the bike in these intros well it's weird because you know honestly sometimes i think the pr people are good about picking the track that's going to suit the bike or the you know because right. like you'll even be running stock tires so it's like the tires that are on the bike and you know, all this stuff. But, like, I did a KX250F intro when they did the, the first year of the SFF front fork, and they yeah. did it at Bud's Creek. And the thing about that fork was one of the key elements of it was that you could stiffen up the one side of the fork and, like, you know, basically change your preload so you can, like, raise or, lo- or lower the front end of the bike a little bit. And Bud's Creek was perfect for that because it's so dramatically you can the front end would dive so hard under braking at the bottom of the hills that like when they, and then they put a couple clicks into that compression on the fork and then it would fix it like completely. So um, it was a good idea to uh, you know to to do the bike there. Not to say it was a bad bike, but it, it was just a good track to demonstrate what was cool about that fork, for example. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about the Yamaha is that honestly, as a normal rider, as like an intermediate level or even or even local level rider, I think it's a good bike. Um, I think something weird happens when you get to the extreme of how fast these really fast guys go. Like, I think that's really the issue. It's not that it's a bad bike for everyone. I think most people, it's a really good bike. But when you're when you're going at you know a hundred, uh, like a real one hundred percent at the level of a of a you know Chad Reed type or whatever, that's where it's been giving people issues. You know is that it does weird things at that clip, and when things go weird at that speed. It goes really weird, you know. Yeah, yeah exponential. I, I would um, not. Yeah, I would definitely wouldn't like judge any bike on any of these intros. The 
The press needs more time on it. The guys love the Yamaha. I remember Billy Ursick at Racer X said, uh, this bike's the best bike ever made after you came back from Bud's Creek. And it, it's going to change the world and blah, blah, blah. He loved it. you know. And I'm not saying he was lying or anything. Yeah. It's just when you get a free trip to a track and it's prepped like Cox is and, and groomed mm-hmm. and you get free lunch and, and – yeah, yeah, I just, it just it changes your perspective. I think so. What, what's it, not what's going on with JGR? What's going on with the future of the riders in JGR? Uh, Brayton's got another year; he'll be there. Grant, they're working on right now. They're deciding if they want Josh Grant back or not. Mm. Um, Cox, have you heard anything? No, I know that they, I, I'm pretty sure they talked to Meddy last week. Um, you know, at the track itself. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's possible they could run three riders. That's not a that's not yeah. the end of the world. But but I, I've been hearing for a long time that Yamaha wants to have an actual real factory team back. So Me too. Yeah, I heard the same they, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know that that could be in the mix as well. You know they've been trying to do that for a while. It's a matter of like getting the bean counters in line. I think. Um, something about the new bike too. Um, I talked to a guy who tests. He's been test riding it forever for probably six eight months now, and he acknowledges the Yamaha isn't that good of a handling of a motorcycle. Like he's not somebody who bleeds blue. He's just. He, he's somebody who's testing the bike over in Japan and Europe, and he admits the bike has flaws and has issues, and he and he and he puts it all down to the characteristics of the frame, uh, stiff and 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 flexy in different spots, and he swears the 2014 bike is fixed. They 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 fixed the frame, stiffened it in places, softened it in places, and that was what was causing uh, some whip. That was what was causing was a stink bug feel. That was causing some of the problems with the suspension. And he swears that this frame, the char- changing the aluminum characteristics, is all that it needs. And, and, and he swears it's good. So, hmm. well, how about this? How about this, by the way? Um, so quickly people forget, but when the 09 Honda came out, um, Kevin Wingham hated it, like, because it was so different from the 08. And, like, Millsaps, all these Tedesco, you know, factory yeah. guys were having trouble on it. And, all this stuff and Chad Reed, I remember even talking to him uh, uh, back at that time, um, and he was thinking about you know talking to the guys even at Factory Connection to become a teammate to Kevin Windham or something before he actually started his team mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And he ended up he ended up going with Cowie instead because he was afraid of this Honda. Um, but give it another year, and all of a sudden that's the king shit bike, and everybody wants to ride it. And um, you know, and Chad was one of the guys that was like, "Oh, I want to be on this Honda and all this stuff." So. You know, was there, it's just like, sometimes when a bike's different, it, it makes it tough to, uh, um, you know, riders have to sort of adjust to it, too. Mm, interesting. All right, hey, thanks for your time on the show. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Nash. Uh, 702-586-7857. we got Steve Cox on for a little bit while longer. And uh, we're looking at a way to give, give away some fly hydrogen gear. You have no choice in colors. You have to tick the red, white, and blue fly hydrogen gear. So you have no, no choice. Um, yeah, because because of obviously it's Independence Day and bingo. red, white, and blue is is the color of only one country in the entire world. I'm pretty sure. Okay, all right. Thanks for that. Like France, Netherlands, Great Britain, none of them are red, white, and blue. No, or Australia, no. or New Zealand. No, no. Good point. Uh, you don't see any red, white, and blue on those flags. No. Hey, um, see if see if uh, you can agree with me here, Cox. I, I was talking about this earlier, Malcolm Stewart. He's 12th in the points on the Troy Lee Honda, which 12th is okay. It's fine. But he's been better than 12th place. His rides have sh- – oh, yeah. and this is, the, this is the opposite of Weimer. Weimer is right. 10th but hasn't shown us great things on the track. 
Mookie's 12th, but it's shown us a lot. Yeah, but Mookie's, Mookie's kind of, like, he crashes, too. Like, that's oh, yeah. his, his problem is he's had a lot of pretty big wrecks and stuff, and, like, that that's cost him. And, um, you know, but when he's held it together, yeah, he's been impressive, for sure. You know, whereas Jake has kind of not been impressive, like, it will crash or not. He's been, know, yeah, so. he's been okay. Um, hey, yeah. what, uh, in 250 class, uh, disappointments or surprises? What, what what do you take? Is, is is Zach Osborne having a good return to America? Uh, he's you know he's forty points back of Muscan, but he's twenty ahead of Anderson. He's solidly in fifth place. Um, what well, you know what? Honestly, I think the best the best judge of Osborne, if you want to talk about him, is how many times did he even sniff the exhaust of Ken Roxon or Marvin Muskin when he was in Europe? Not many, right? Very 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 few times were they was he even ahead of them in a race. Right, right. Um, like for for a period of time, and all of a sudden at Bud's Creek, he passed both of them late in that second moto. Both of those guys. Right. Yeah, that, that's got to. I think that's, that's all you need to say. And any any idea what's going on with Blake Wharton? No, no <laughs> idea. No, it's. It, I got the feeling when he left when he left Geico that the team was happy to have him go because he wasn't putting in the effort and that sort of thing, or there was something weird about that, like where they didn't feel as if he was really performing at the level that they expected him to and that he didn't really seem to care that he wasn't, yep. um, which I think is the bigger problem. Um, and uh, But then he's been at this rockstar team and really been busting his ass, and then all of a sudden the last few weeks, you know, just because of his history, you wonder. You know, you wonder yeah. if something like that's going on, but it could be that he's hurt or something, and, you know, just they haven't gotten out what's going on with him yet. Right, right. But I'm not sure. Uh, Adam seen Cirillo after four motos. What do you think? I think he's about right. Yeah. Like, he learned at, he learned at Bud's Creek, and, and uh, I think he learned that that early pace is really a lot gnarlier than perhaps he expected because when you're riding practice with Poto and Weimer, um, that's not race pace regardless. It doesn't matter, but that's what everybody seemed to be judging him off of. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and, but now he's, he's like, you know, he had his, his, he, they kicked his butt a little bit at Buzz Creek and sort of woke him up. And then at Southwick, which, you know, he's, he's accustomed with sand and stuff, but at Southwick, there was a lot, you know, a lot close. I, that's about where I figured he would be. Right, right. You know? But he went nine twelve for ninth, but he was in the ballpark of where I figured. And you know, if he stays on it by the end of the year at Elsinore, he could be knocking on the door at top five. You know, but it's a matter of figuring out where he where he fits in and what he's got to work on to get get further up in the field. Yeah, you're definitely not uh, you're not ready to write him off, are you? Like some people on my Twitter account. Oh no, no, not at all. No, 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 no. I mean, it, no. Ricky's first year, Ricky Carmichael, he turned out okay in the end, but I think he went like six seven at Steel City or something, and. Uh, yeah, his first race he went like thirteen eight, um, and then he won the second race, which was the next year. Yeah, okay, so there you go. He went thirteen eight. So you know, and then the next, you know, yeah. So and you know, he turned out all right. I think he accomplished a few things. So all right. So um, uh, surprises. I think I think Adam will be fine. Surprises in the two fifty class. Maybe Webb Bogle. Bogle's been good. But well, Bogle's been. When he's off the ground, he's been good, but yeah. he hasn't been off the ground very much. Honestly, the biggest, bigger surprise to me is Anderson because every now and then you just look up and he's right there. Right. You know, you're like, I'm out on the track and I'm shooting or whatever, and then I look up and I'm like, holy shit, he's fourth. You know, he's <laughs> right. like on those guys. Yeah, he's got. And it's like, 
he seems to have endurance too. Like he seems to be in good shape. Yeah, yeah, he's riding really well. Like, and I, and uh, you know, I don't catch a lot of people really talking that much about him, but mm-hmm. you know, more more so. I mean, Osborne's probably the only other out guy outside the top four. You know, the regular top four that's in there that often. You know, but but Anderson's doing really well, and he's still really young. You know, he's got a lot of potential to, you know, in the next few years. To win some stuff, I think uh, definitely at the halfway point. There's a clear, there's a clear division. Like I said, Osborne, forty points back on Muskan, twenty points up on Anderson, but Anderson has thirty points on Kyle Cunningham in seventh. So basically, Zach yeah. Osborne is fifty points ahead of seventh place. Yeah, and some of that's like mechanicals or, or you know, like first turn crashes, breaking something on the bike, and you know, it, it it's one of those things where the top guys seem to be able to overcome or just not get involved in stuff like that and and once you get back to about there you end up with guys that have had some pretty tough luck here and there and and you know whether it's their own making or not so right, right. um i think that's that's the bigger thing that and and they're obviously a lot more inconsistent too because like we talked about last time the speed from fifth place to to 15th place there's about the same so yeah um if you start 20th and you're one of those guys with that fifth to fifteenth speed, you're gonna be fifteenth at the finish. You're not gonna be fifth, you know, and there's only really those four guys that can move up through the field that way. And so yeah, you're gonna get a lot more inconsistent days where a guy goes six, seventeen, you know, without even having any real problems, you know? Right, Stuff right, like that. Right. And so that's gonna lose you a ton of points, obviously. If uh the, the... Eli Tomac is probably the biggest guy for silly season right now, and I think he's his deal's done. Going to be announced very shortly. Um, going back to familiar surroundings, who's next, Cox? What else do you hear? Uh, I mean, there's the the Reed stuff, but a lot of that's just conjecture, and and you know, it's you know how it is. You like you look at the puzzle pieces in the pits, and you start to figure, oh, this makes sense if this puzzle went there, if this puzzle piece goes here. Yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense for this other stuff I've been hearing and. Um, all that stuff, but um, I would figure that there's going to be, you know, whether it's Tomac or not, there's going to be a third guy um, at Factory Honda, and then um, you know, Will Hahn's got to move up, and and I think that Will Hahn, like I think the team likes him, so like they would be happy to put him on a 450, and I think, and I know that the Geico team has a contractual requirement to have a 450 guy at least indoors, which is where Wyndham's whole, you know, that's what he, that was the whole he field filled for the team. Yeah. Um, so if, if they don't get Tomac, if Tomac goes to factory Honda instead of their team, um, I think that they'll end up with Han on a 450 there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also possible to end up with both of them on a 450 there, you know? Um, so you think they've got the yeah. capacity to do it. You think Honda might add a third guy then? Somebody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they almost did last year. Right, right. They were trying to add – I think they were trying to keep Brayton last year. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't go. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, they've got the capacity to run a third guy on the team, and, and I think that they want to. Yeah. Especially with the injury issues they've had in the past where Trey or Justin or both have been out or, or whoever, and then, like, you end up with, you know, a couple years ago with Barship riding for, you know, outdoors or yeah. Wyndham riding outdoors and – Right. Um, all this different stuff they've had to do over the years. Like, I think they want the added sort of padding of having a third guy in case, you know, they lose somebody. Right. Uh, 702-586-7857. The third caller right now will win a set of hydrogen, hydrogen gear from Fly. 
Red, white, and blue. Hide your well, gear. The third caller. What? I can't call in if yeah. I'm on the phone with you. No, you don't win the gear. You're the guest. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like Mitch Payton is um, locked in for next year. I think he's got uh, his same guys. Cien Cirillo's coming back. Davalos is coming back with a with um, um, an activation of his contract. Durham signed again. Um, uh, Hill will be back. He's on a two-year deal. So looks like he's going to have pretty much the same team next year. And I think Wilson Wilson's locked back in, and Rattray is not. But, uh, you know, should be interested to see. Mitch, Mitch and Geico are, are both kind of done, I think. Yeah, I think so. But, like yeah. – um... Just a quick prediction because I I just like what I keep seeing out of Durham. If the dude's healthy, he'll win the East if he races the East. I really believe that. Like the dude is good, right, and right. I think that he you know he won a race there last year and then he got hurt this year. Um, but I think I think Durham could win the East title next year. Um, Mitch, for real. Mitch seems to think so too. He he was also very high on Durham. Said uh, you know he, he won a race and he did, and he's run up front and he's got some skills. There's no doubt. So. Yeah, uh, let's hope so. It's been a rough year for uh, Mitch Payton. Blake Baggett, his uh, defending champion, is um, is forty points down. So forty two points. Yeah. Down. yeah, there's still there's still three hundred points available though, so it's not the end of the world. So you're going to happen. Okay, so yeah. you're one of those guys that thinks it's still a lot of time left. You're okay with that. Trey was how far back was Trey at this point? The year he won the title in 2010. It's a good point. It's an excellent point. I'm not sure. Way back. I think, he was, I think he was 50, 60 points back at this point. Was it 660, you think? It was a lot. I know <laughs> it was a lot. And and then he won. Um, he he started winning here at Redbud. He won his first race, and then all of a sudden he was unstoppable, you know? Like, right, right, right. Uh, so it, I think it can happen, you know? Like, it, it's not it's not out of the realm of reality. But obviously the longer we go, the harder it gets. Yeah, That's obvious. What do you think's been uh, Blake Baggett's uh, biggest issue? Just his wrist, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think that wrist because last year when he was winning, he would come in from way back, like you know, late in the second moto when it's hot and all this stuff. He would he'd pass six dudes and win the moto or something. And yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, we are having a milder summer. So the heat, um, it's not as bad. So maybe that helps some of his competition compared to him because he does well in the heat. But you know, maybe late in those second motos when he would have that drive to pass a bunch of dudes, his wrist is just over it. Right. You right, know. Right. We got our winner, so everybody can quit calling in. We got our winner for the Fly Racing Hydrogen Gear Cox. I just checked the archives while you were talking, and Trey Kennard was fifty-eight points down uh, before Red Button, which, which, which he won. He won. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's fifty-eight points down after after uh, that would have been five rounds. So yeah, and he won the title. Right. So like, it's not it's not it's not ridiculous to think that Baggett could do it. It's just right. but he's got to get going. You know, he's got to get going. Cody Williams won the gear thanks to uh, Fly Racing for that. Fly Racing supported supports our show, and they're one of the fastest fastest growing MX and off road riding apparel hard part brands out there. Distributed in forty plus countries, Cox. But you didn't know that. Um, all right, hey, before we wrap up with you. Give me your predictions for Red Bud. Oh, man, this track is so rad. Um, my prediction is if I could live here and ride here, I would totally do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in the 450 class, I think Villapoto is probably going to win. He, this is his type of soil and everything, mm-hmm. and he, he's, he can hang it out. And I think that's the type of track, you know, with the sandwich and stuff, a guy that can hang it out a little more. I think he'll probably 
probably win the 450 class. And then the 250 class, it's either going to be, I mean, it's probably going to be Tomac after what we saw last week. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, going, he's going good right now. And, you know, with the only other wild card being if if it gets hot or something or if, or if you know, Baggett finds a speedy sound in the first mode of Bud's Creek, he could be in there, too, because he goes past here. Right, you right, know, but right. uh, it, it looks like, at least as of Bud's Creek, it seems as if Ken and uh, Musk are on a little bit of a slide right now, so they're going to have to do some work to, to bring momentum back their way. Yeah, Muscan has been pretty uh, open and honest about just being tired. And, I, I mean, he's just uh, he's just like, I had nothing. You know, at Bud's Creek he said that. Southwick he said that. He had a great first moto. Came from dead last in the first turn. But then he said he was tired. Yeah. So, um, you know, there well, is and then the other thing to think about is that the WMX rounds are done. Yeah. So the, there, there are no more races where they have a longer period between the first and second moto to recover. So they're all going to be basically an hour from the checkered flag to the gate drop. Right. And uh, and that's going to help Baggett and Tomac because those two dudes are in some serious shape. Right, right. Whether Baggett's really going to hang on is another thing, but he's in he's in tremendous physical condition, and so is right. Tomac. So I um, think it helps them. Steve Cox, uh, thank you for coming on. Enjoy Red Bud. Um, stay safe, and uh, don't don't attempt the leap. Uh, I won't, but I'm going to blow some stuff up. And I'm probably going to throw out some, some woos and some red butts in the middle of the night or something. Uh, okay. All right. Stay safe. All right, bud. Thanks. All right. All right. All right. Bye. See ya. Steve Cox, everybody, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Um, Zach Osborne was uh, trying to call in to see if he could win that gear. But he said that he wasn't able to. Our lines were jammed. Zach, you have a gear sponsor. So quit trying to call in and win Fly. Um, that's everybody. That's Steve Cox um, from uh, one of the premier uh, – journalists, photographers in the sport. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening to the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Flywall, bro, I want to talk about the Flywall. It's a fun way for you to share your photos on the Fly Racing website. Head over to flyracing.com, look for the Flywall menu in the upper right of the homepage. Choose post a pic and upload a photo of yourself on your favorite Fly Racing gear. Tits, have you done this yet? I have not yet. You need to. I will. Yeah, ASAP. Okay. Um... You can apply Instagram like photo filters. You can use your Optrix and yeah, apply an Instagram photo. Yeah, I can. Jeez. Uh, choose a photo from one of your Facebook <laughs> photo albums. Uh, once approved, your photo will show up on the Flywall. It's as simple as that. Head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your photo for a chance to be featured on the Flywall. While you're online and you're done surfing pulpamex.com and you're done listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show archives, you can follow at flyracing on uh, Twitter. And Instagram, Fly Racing USA, at Fly Racing USA. Twitter, Instagram, and uh, follow Fly Racing on Facebook. See you at the track and on the Flywall. 2014 Fly Gear being released uh, now. All the racers will have it uh, this weekend. And um, should be pretty cool. I've seen some of the stuff on the line. Looks good. Looks good. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody, for listening once again. Um, we're coming up to uh, Red Bud, round seven. And um, it should be exciting. Tits, who you got for the win? Um, we'll Dungy. Go, we'll, we'll go with RV, actually. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Why not, he Why says. Not? Yeah. 50-50 chance, right? Yeah, you got a pretty good chance. Can I get a 250 prediction? Um, I want to go with Roxon. On America's birthday. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're gonna go with the German. Ken Roxon is American as they come, man. He actually I, is. Haven't you heard his accent? He's got the. He's got. He doesn't the, have an accent. He's got the the chain and the uh-huh. earrings yeah, and lots does. of money <laughs> and capitalism and uh-huh. yeah, he is American. You're right. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, next up on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, obviously being July 4th, um, we have the easiest time getting guests. All of our guests are out getting drunk um, or doing the RCH school or doing uh, on a lake somewhere on an inner tube or just not even wanting to come on. So what we did was we spoke to uh, our, our own Jason Thomas of Fly Racing, former factory uh, privateer of the stars. Notice I said factory in there because he was. He was a privateer, but he was the factory as it comes. Uh, we spoke to him about uh, Redbud, everything that goes on, jumping the Rocco's Leap, everything else. So um, let's take a listen to him. And then thanks again for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We appreciate it. Uh, we will not be back next week because there's no race, but we will be back the week before uh, Washugal on Thursday at noon Pacific. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Here's Jason Thomas and I having a little discussion about Redbud. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, enjoy the, the day. Stay safe. And uh, Watch out for propane. It can be dangerous. Thank you. Okay, we've got everyone's favorite uh, longtime privateer on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show here. Uh, coincidentally, Fly Racing's own. Uh, Thomas JT, what's up? Uh, what's happening? Okay, look happy ahead. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, happy 4th of July to you too. Although, um, you know, I'm happy to celebrate it. I'm happy to, to acknowledge it. But uh, the real true holiday, Canada Day, has come and gone. Yeah, it was clearly a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. What did you do for Canada Day? Did you do anything? Did you take a moment to think about your Blackfoot Honda days? Um, well, there's really not a day goes by that I don't reminisce on that year. But, yeah. Uh, no, honestly, I have no idea what Canada Day is about. I would assume they were British, and now they're not, but they're still a commonwealth. So, clearly, there's not a lot of bad blood there. No, uh, I, be- much, I yeah, believe it's the day. Yeah, I believe it's the day that uh, Canada officially separated from England. But yeah, right. But they're still. Yeah. They're, you guys are still like a part of it, so it's not really even. I, I don't even know how that works. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Canada Day, but we're still kind of part of you guys. Yay! Yay! Right. Yeah. Now I got it. Hey. Uh, all right. Looking ahead to the race. Um, Southwick has come and gone. Six rounds down. Six to go. This weekend, Red Bud. First of all, um, you've raced Red Bud uh, a buttload of times. What's the track like, and how has it changed over the years, and what do you and don't you like about it? Well, first off, I think everybody's in agreement that Red Bud's an awesome national all the way around, from the, the atmosphere to the crowd to, you know, holiday weekend to the track. I mean, it's just there's just not a lot of drawbacks of it. Um, you know, it used to be a really hard-packed track that would get um, – ruddy and real greasy honestly when they would water it to now it's man it's it's pretty sandy um you know they just hauled in tons and tons of sand and the bumps are completely different than how it used to shape up and uh i, I think it's for the better but uh it's definitely much different it, it did used to be hard pack watch especially like before our time watching old nationals it was dusty and yeah hard pack they've brought in a oh ton yeah of yeah. Sand. My, yeah my first couple of years it was really hard right you know right. i think i was at the tail end of that but still man i remember it being hard pack and the second moto would be really dusty you know and yeah. it would be like mud or dust us yeah and it's a tale of two sides the side with larocco's leap on now is much sandier and maybe maybe not rougher but much sandier than the other side of the track, which has the uh, the start and all that, uh, although that side's not exactly hard back either. Um, it's got some technical hills. It's got some uphills and downhills that uh, you got to go pretty slow on, and you got to really hit your marks. 
do you uh, do you like the change they've made, or, or do you wish it would go back the other way? Uh, no, I think it's awesome. I think uh, I think pretty much all the changes they've made have been for the better. Um, you know, and it changes year to year as far as the ac- the actual exact layout. And you know, it's not always going to be better than the year before. Um, but overall, if you're talking about a general track change, they've always kind of gone the right direction. Uh, just you know, you really never know what you're going to get as far as the the uh, kind of the the opposite side of where Rockwood Leap, there's always kind of yeah. switchbacks, and, and uh, there, you see lots of changes there. So were, um, I guess we'll find out once we get there exactly how it's going to go. Were you or were you not one of the guys that landed on Michael Lessie in 2008? I was not. No, okay. I, I actually uh, actually wasn't there. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that, that year we kind of uh, did hit and miss nationals. We did half of them, and being the 4th of July, we skipped that one. So, ah, um, yeah. um, no, it that, wasn't, wasn't one. That was ugly. That's that's definitely ugly. Um, yeah, it's one of the worst, uh, one of the worst kind of ugliest crashes to watch right. I've ever seen. You uh, you've gone on record. I've talked to you a few times about this. You don't like the start. You're not a fan of the start. Um, I don't know if I'm just not a fan of it. But I just think it's, uh, I just think it's kind of dangerous. Um, you know, I, it's just too fast, really. You know, I yeah. know it's a it's a staple of that track. It's kind of uh, they're not going to change it just because it's too fast, but. I know I'm scared of it. I'll tell you that. Um, it's not faster than Millville, though, right? It's Millville's faster. Oh, it's definitely faster. You you don't break. You really don't break at all for really? Red Bull. You stay on the gas. For for Millville, you break hard. So okay, oh, it seems yeah, like Millville. I mean, you're hauling ass. It's an accelerating right. turn. Like if right. you have any, if you're anywhere near the front, you're grabbing gears as yeah, you're yeah. turning. Right. So. Um, hey, take a, take us through uh, Larocco's leap. Now uh, I've doubled it. But uh, it's a lot different from doubling to tripling. Um, it's changed over the years. There's no doubt. I remember the first time some 250Fs got over it. I was a mechanic then. It was a big deal. Um, now it seems like, well, I think the last couple of years it hasn't been as easy for those guys. But for a while, everyone was doing it. For a while, barely anyone was doing it. Um, it's changed over the years. But what's it, what's it like at its essence, at its core? What's it like to come around and jump that thing? Um, I mean, the majority of the time, it's, it's pretty much everything you have. Um, on a on a 450 and on a you know back in the two stroke case it was the same. Uh, it, it really comes down to a few different factors. Um, the way they set up the turn before Rockwood Leap, we've seen it very you know what I would call close to the jump face, mm-hmm. and then we've seen it where it comes almost you know near the parking lot where you have all the room in the world. So uh, there's that, and then there's you know how much they water it and disc it before the jump. Yeah, uh, plays a big factor as far as uh, you know carrying speed and, and uh, bogging the bike down. Um, but you know, and then there's the really biggest factor though out of all of them is that the takeoff trajectory. Uh, so if it's really steep, you know you're you know you're going to be hitting it with everything you have. And then I've seen it years where even on a two stroke, um, it was really hard not to over jump it because you wanted to hit it so fast. Mm-hmm. So every year that first time you hit it, you're always it's always kind of a guessing game, and obviously you size it up when you double it. Um, and, and you look at it really good on track walk, but you never really kind of know going in how it's going to be that year. So uh, that's one of the interesting things about it. Fourth gear, two-stroke or four-stroke? Uh, third gear, pretty much on both. On a 450, it's usually third gear. Okay. Um, just because you really can't get you know to a fourth gear where it's still right. pulling really hard. And, and the, the four-strokes, they rev so high that you can just pretty much rev third. Have you had some close calls on it? Um... I really haven't had too many times where I thought I was going to crash. Uh, I, I've had a few times where I thought I broke my rear wheel, without a doubt. <laughs> right. Uh, but for whatever reason, I did. You know, that's that's the story every year. 
uh, oh, yeah, that guy jumped in the ice class, and then, oh, yeah, he's not jumping it because he broke his wheels. Right. You know, so. I, I do remember Tortelli uh, had to get both wheels replaced after practice one year. Uh, Chad Reed's carburetor popped off when he landed one year. Um, yeah, there's been a bunch of problems with with, with the Leafs. Yeah, it's, it's a big jump. I mean, it's you know, I think it gets taken for granted because everybody jumps it, but I mean, it's it's a serious jump. If you if you mess up, there's going to be big consequences. <laughs> right, exactly. Worst thing, worst crash you've seen on the leap? Uh, I'm trying to think who it was, but uh, it, it actually may have been the Russian who saved it. Oh, it was yeah. one, one of the biggest saves <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. I, I, it was, it was maybe two or three years ago. A guy got on photos. Is in photos. Yeah, just incredible. If anyone can ever track down those photos, it's it's definitely worth doing. Uh, I still don't have any idea how he saved that. Just pure Russian power. Drago. I could think of, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, okay, so we're halfway through the Nationals. And let's start with the 250 class uh, with you. I guess what we were talking about on the sh- Pulp Show on a Monday night, um, and I don't know if you were on the line or not, but uh, – Geez, Blake Baggett is forty-two points back. If 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 he's going to pull, and he's certainly charged in the second half of the year in the past, he's going. He won Bud's Creek. He had an up and down Southwick, but this thing is if it's not away from him, it's getting really close to being away from him. Yeah, it's uh, you know there was that magical moto at Bud's Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, coming into into Hangtown, I know we discussed that we really had no idea where he was as far as preparation. Uh, and then it was almost like we got false hope um, at Hangtown because he he was so good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think there was a kind of reality set in uh, the next few weeks about yeah, he really wasn't that ready, and now you're kind of seeing it. Uh, so it's it's been really hard to predict. Um, I, I would have never predicted that he was going to come out and just stomp everybody like he did the first moto of Butch Creek. Right. Um, and then, you know, the first moto, he was really strong at Southwick, and then the second moto was, was with more of that mediocrity. So, man, your guess is as good as mine as far as what he's going to do because, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think he knows. You know, if you ask him what was the difference between moto one and moto two, I don't really know that he has a solid answer for you. But 42 points down. To Tomac and Roxon, well, to to Roxon, uh, that's a lot. It, it's time yeah, to get busy, yeah. right? Yeah, championship wise, I don't think that um, it's a. I'm sure it's a huge concern, but it's, I don't think it's this, in this in his thoughts the same way that it's in Roxon's and Tomac's. If that makes any sense, um, um, yeah. you know, it's probably every thought they have is championship, and right now, and more for him, I think it's trying to get. Uh, everything back on track more than more than worry about the championship right now. And Muskan's one point behind Baggett. So Muskan winning two nationals this year, uh, just those bad motos. Tomek and Roxon don't really have them. At least for sure, Roxon. He's had one, uh, two motos off the box so far. That's it. One fourth, and then of course the first uh, second moto at Buds. Yeah, and, and as much as we talk about the the depth of the field and the parity and all this stuff, still really comes down in both classes to a few guys that kind of uh, rise to the top regardless of the circumstances. So uh, you put a few bad motos in there, and the way that the top few guys are being so consistent, you lose a lot of points in a hurry, and it's really tough to make them back. Yeah. Um, Tomac Roxon, uh, uh, can you can you pick a favorite for Red Bud, or can you pick a favorite for the title right now? 
I mean, we're halfway through. It's time to start thinking about it. Yeah, and it's it's difficult, though, because you really don't know who's, you know, if Tomac got the whole, you know, a top three start every moto, I would be willing to, to pick him yeah, pretty solidly. Do you, do you, do you, uh, is there no doubt in your mind he's faster than Ken Roxon? I think that if they start together, that Tomac beats him a clear majority of the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think I agree but, with you. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, in racing, that's just part of the puzzle, right? Mm hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's gotta be frustrating for Tomac because I'm sure he feels, and, and Roxon probably feels the same way, but you know, Tomac probably feels like I am the fastest guy right now, but I'm, I'm not leaving the points, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to pick a favorite, it's just tough. Um, you have to, I guess, go with Roxon just because of, he seems like it has it all together, but, but Consistency, I, you feel yeah. like you're cheating yourself because you're not picking the fastest guy. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's great for the for the fans and the sport. To, to, you know, if I have no idea who to pick, I guess that's a good thing. Right. But it's, uh, you just you just wish if you're Tomac, you could just put that. You know, he's obviously capable of getting good starts. He's gotten hole shots, but it's just the, the inconsistency of it. You know, you can't start 15th, and even it seems like when he does start 15th, he he has a really tough time finding that pace that he can find when he's out front. Mm-hmm. The uh, maybe Fourth of July, uh, the American Eli Tomac, the apple pie American kid, will be inspired, or will the German ruin our holiday? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure that you know. When you, you know, obviously, when you get out on the racetrack, not you don't think about any of that stuff. But, right, right. Um, it really is for Tomac. It's it's kind of time to start leaving these races with significant point gains. Um, you can't just keep trading off and yeah, you made up, uh, you know, two points or whatever last weekend or whatever it ended up being, but, um, you really would like to see some one ones and, and really start to, right. you know, pick up six to eight, 10 points a weekend here. Mm-hmm. And the weekends that you're really on, you can't just, you can't have a, you know, just feel great in a weekend like at Ledge Creek, for instance, and still really not really not put any points into them, you know, you kind of have to capitalize on those, those potential weekends because Roxon's going to have strong weekends. I don't think that Roxon's just going to lay over, you yeah. know, and, and just give up. He's still going to win motos like we saw at Southwick. So um, when the chance is there for Tomek, he's really got to capitalize if he wants to win his title. Hey, uh, thoughts on uh, Zach Osborne. He, he's 40 points out of fourth. He's in fifth in the points, and he's twenty over 20 points um, ahead of sixth. So he's kind of in the middle. He's he's made the box here and there. Uh, has this been a successful? I mean, I don't think Supercross went well for Zach. I don't think you can say that. But has this been a successful return for Zach Osborne? Is this should he be doing more? Is this what you thought? Is he doing? Is he exceeding your expectations? Well, I think you you kind of said the name of the game. Uh, he needs to be on the podium for I think for him to consider it being successful. Okay. Um, you know, which he did second moto and he did overall. So, uh, if he can continue down that track, I don't think necessarily that he has to win races to feel like he's kind of, uh, you know, pulling his own weight. Um, it would be great if he did, obviously that's always, you know, the, the long-term goal, but being on that podium it is really what it's all about for your team and your sponsors and, and that end of it. Um, so in your you mind, know, he, he knows, so in your mind, he hasn't been doing what he should be. Your, 
I mean, well, he did it yeah. Southwick, but I mean, he's had podiums here and there, but um, you know, I think that's his that's his range. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that are mm-hmm. all kind of vying for that those three podium spots. So it's kind of who can who can come up with it. Because you you almost guarantee that Rox and Tomac are going to take up two spots at this point, right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, between Baggett, who should be the third guy, you would think. Muskan. Whether you know, yeah. yeah, and then Muskan's obviously proved that he can he can be up there every time if things go his way. So uh, you're talking about some really fast company, and and something's got to give for Osborne to get up there. So it's not an enviable enviable position for him to be in to have to be on the podium to consider it a success. But yeah. uh, obviously, he's proved that he's capable of it. Right. Um. Hey. Uh. Last thing in the two fifties. Uh. Cooper Webb. There's no doubt. I mean, he's he's uh, tenth in the points. He's thrown away a bunch of points with crashes. He did it again at Southwick, but I do notice the last two three races, he hasn't been anywhere near as dynamic as he was in the first. You've did the nationals for uh, 34 years, um, approximately. It's a long season. It's a it's a grind. Uh, could this be catching up to him? I don't know that it would be yet. Um, okay. I think it could by the end of the season. I think his main problem is a combination of crashing and bad starts. Um, you know, he's he's had like Muddy Creek, he hole shot it. Um, you know, and, and Denver, he was up there pretty pretty close to the front off the start. But those were all so, early. Those were all early, like lately. Yeah. Lately we haven't seen I, I don't, you know, yeah, and I understand what you're saying, but like at, at – um, at Bud's Creek, he he crashed you know a couple of times. And in Muddy Creek, he did pretty well. He hole shot it and then was running up front and still finished fourth or fifth. Um, so you know he had a he didn't have a good weekend at all at, mm-hmm. at Southwick, which which we obviously know. But I didn't really see a, an issue where he was just getting tired. Um, I just think it's uh, it's a different kind of racing. He's not used to having to go flat out for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know that a lot more things can happen. You're racing so close with guys and, and he's crashing and getting bad starts. And then that leads to other problems. So, right. uh, I, I still like what I've seen out of him. Um, nobody expected him to come out and win races or contend for a championship. Um, you know, I think he's proven that he's very capable of competing at this level. And, uh, you know, the first year, you know, minus a few, uh, you know, anomalies like Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart, it's always a learning year for these guys the first year. And then the second year they come in more prepared. They understand what they're going to have to go through. Right. Um, and you see a completely different, you know, attitude, uh, strategy, methodology, whatever you want to say out of them. So yeah, I, th- uh, I think the same thing for Adam Cinturillo. It's just they're, all, they're just learning every weekend, and you just kind of have to be patient. Yeah, I don't think there's any, any way that you can't say Cooper Webb's, uh, even if he goes out with an injury tomorrow, you can't say it hasn't been a good rookie start and seen Cirillo – uh, he's got some more. He needs some more races under his belt. But again, you can't really judge one way or another what a rider's going to be after the first season, except for, of course, the superstars. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just. I mean, right. I think he's he's done well. It's just but tough to predict. You know, someone at Verb Racing, Verbmoto, did ask if Cooper Webb was going to be the best rider ever, though. Yeah, I think that was a little bit silly. Um, <laughs> They're going to be let down right now. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, know, I know we've had our laughs about that comment. Um, right. But yeah, just based off of a couple motos, I don't know how you could ever just 
possibly predict something like that. You're like, have you seen this guy um, named James Stewart when he when he turned pro, yeah. or this guy yeah. named Carmichael? <laughs> right. Um, and, and obviously his learning curve was really steep. Like he got you know third place in his what third moto ever. Yeah. So that's obviously really impressive. Don't get me wrong, but to make out, you know outlandish claims like that is <laughs> a little bit foolhardy that early. Uh, okay, moving to 450s. Is there a 450 rider in your mind that rides great at red? But of course, you know Dungey, you know the, the typical guys. But um, if you're you're a big fantasy moto dork, so is there someone who steps up at red? But like, would you go? You know I, okay, go ahead. I, I don't think there's a ton of specialty guys for red button. Okay. I haven't really ever found that um, too much. Um, Nick, you know, it's, Nick Way has to be a plus ten at this point. Yeah, I, I and he really doesn't. He doesn't really step out of his normal uh, finish too much there. Right. Um, he he. Not that he doesn't do well there, but it's not right. overwhelmingly different than his normal finish. Yeah. So I think I think Redbud offers a lot of the, the <clears throat> things that everyone kind of rides on: sand, a little bit of hard pack, big mm-hmm. jumps, ruts, bumps. So. It doesn't have any. It doesn't lend any specialty, and you know that the local guys that ride there, from what I've been told, the track is so much different on National Race Day than it is on a on any kind of local day that they don't really get too much of an advantage. So, yeah. um, it's a little bit tough. I, I I don't you know in either class, I really don't see anybody that I'm just like, oh yeah, we're you know we're at Red Bull. It's time for this guy to shine. I, I'm thinking, and again, I think you're right. But if I'm leaning towards anything. Trey Kennard had his first lights win there, really turned his season around with a great a great ride. And uh, right. Brayton made the podium last year. Now, I don't think Brayton makes the podium again this weekend, but, you know, he was having a miserable season, and on the Honda, he made he made the box. So Yeah, for sure. And, I, I and honestly, uh, Kennard is, is a very good point. It's his lights race there where he kind of broke out yeah. uh, and kind of kick-started the rest of the season was really impressive. Uh, I will say that I think Redbud is one of those tracks where if you get a good start, it's a, it's a huge advantage uh, just because of the way the track shapes up. A lot of the ruts form back into one rut at okay. the end of, you know, in the next yeah, yeah. turn. Yeah. So it's really easy to defend uh, someone behind you. So uh, good starts are definitely key there. I've, I've been on the benefiting end of that many times. So. Um, so, hey, don't look now, but Ryan Dungey, I wrote this in my column this week. Uh, we talked about it a little bit here and there. Dungey's closer to Villapoto, and don't look now. The lead is only down is down to twelve points only. Like Dungey, yeah, Dungey's uh, getting better. Yeah, for as dominating as you would, you know, mo- I think most people would say that Villapoto has been this year. Um, the points don't really reflect that, and the overalls don't really reflect that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where. You can be the the greatest rider or the fastest rider in the world, but if you make mistakes and open the door, and you have somebody as solid and as good as Dungey, man, they're gonna really they're gonna you know, kind of exploit your mistakes. So, um, with without, I don't think it's okay. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't think it's panic time by any means for Villapoto, but yeah. he's, he's got to eliminate some of these mistakes, or he's gonna be coming down to the wire again, like 2011. Right. Uh, of course, anything can happen. It's it's early, but barring a big mistake by one of the Ryans. Can someone straight up get in there and, and, and get, get in the mix? Can someone win or get second? Honestly, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm not sure at this point. Yeah. I think that Barsha and Stewart still have the ability to, I really do. Okay. Um, um, the talent and the speed to do it. Do I think that it's going to happen? Yeah. 
I would, if I was a betting man, I would say no. Uh, but I, I know better than to rule them out just because we've seen both of them out front and, and both of them have set crazy lap times. And, and, you know, by all intents and purposes, Stewart should have won the first moto this weekend, this past weekend. So, um, but that was, but that was what I said, barring a crash or whatever. And Ryan Villapoto crashed. So, right, right. But, but you have to always, um, understand that that's, that stuff's going to happen. You know, yeah. um, we would have never thought that situation would have happened going into the weekend. And then bam, there it was, well, you know, Stewart had a, golden opportunity to win a moto no i know but i, I said barring a crash you know bar just straight right, but, up just straight but, up can someone beat him and and you said you don't think so straight up no if, if, if everybody takes up the first turn and they're yes. all nobody you know, crashes and going no then no everybody's in the top 10 you know ryan both ryan's are in the yeah. top 10 or 15 or whatever right um, absolutely not yeah yeah and that and that's tough for villapoto to make up points that's really tough clearly yeah Doctor it obvious i mean it, right <clears throat> Dungey or Bill uh, Either make, it's make hard, hard, tough for either Ryan to make up points because it's only three. And okay, I'm right. Doctor right. Obvious yeah. here, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think that Dungey really, or I'm sorry, Bill Poto really has to worry about making up points on Dungey. He just needs to eliminate the mistakes. Yeah, you know, don't crash, don't, don't give Ryan Dungey opportunities. That's all you got to do. Yeah, you've already proven that you're, you know, in my mind, you've proven to me that you're faster than Ryan Dungey. Just don't. Don't give him the chance to do what he's been doing. That's well, what you have to do. Well, that's why I went on about the gate pick this weekend. Like, if you start anywhere in the top ten and you're Ryan Villapoto, anywhere in the top ten, you probably haven't won. Well, and I think going inside, uh, most people, including myself, when we go inside, it is to eliminate the chance of crashing. It really is. Yeah, um, no, I see that. I, I really do. I, I think it's a, it's a safe move most of the time. It obviously didn't pan out, which Dungey was crashed right along with Villapoto this weekend, so it could have, yeah. you know, went the other way. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's part of the strategy is he's taking, trying to eliminate risk. Um, Michael Essie does go good at Redbud, thinking about another guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, yeah, you're he's, right he's about had, that. He's had the tragic, um, I didn't think about that, but he's, he, yeah. he's always been really good there. He had the tragic uh, incident, um, you know. Um, where he ate, he ate crap, but he has been good at Red Bud. He could be someone. Yeah, some of his best finishes yeah. are. Uh, I would I would add another one to that. I don't know why I didn't think of these when you asked me, but Josh Grant, another one that has oh. been historically really fast at Red Bud. One of the best rides I've ever seen was Josh Grant in 09 when he ripped right. through the pack and won the moto, first moto. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. Chad Reed, your buddy Chad Reed, uh, seventh best, seventh in Southwick is best of the season. Um more of the same are we looking for this weekend from him? Seven to fifteen, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean you you know, you're hoping he builds on last week's improvement and uh -huh. uh, continues to. You know, yeah. I know uh you've been talking to him a little bit and I don't really have any answers. I mean I, I'm <laughs> right. pretty much just speculating like everybody else at this point, you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously we want to see him up there and, and make the racing better, but when you don't really know what's wrong with somebody, it's hard to kind of uh, give solid answers and diagnose problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it is tough. Um, Canard, I, so I look for a better race from Canard this weekend. Um, maybe Tyler Rattray can get up there. I think he was very fast at Southwick, and it's hard to say if that's going to translate to Redbud because it's sand is, is sand. But, you know, he he did well at um, Bud's Creek. No, uh, sorry, the race before, high point. So I think maybe Rattray can – can show something. Sixth overall this past weekend. Nicoletti again. Hey, um, talking about Nicoletti, what do you what do you see in Phil strengths and weaknesses wise? 
Um, Strength-wise, I uh, he's not intimidated by any of these guys. Um, you know, he's he's willing to get in there and pass whoever and battle with whoever. Um, and he's you know he's mentally he's ready to to beat these guys, which is a you know it sounds sounds easy, but mm-hmm. um, doesn't always translate that well. well the, uh, I think that was one of your problems when you raced. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's a lot of guys' problems. So, so you know that um, you know that firsthand what it takes to be like screw uh, Andrew Short and Trey Kennard. I'm just yeah, as good. I don't care who you are. Just get out of my way. I'm going faster than you. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, uh, weaknesses. I think he uh, could use some guidance on building his program better, um, planning his fitness routines, and, and being a little bit, you know, maybe having. Someone who's been there, uh, maybe in his corner a little bit, and say, you know what, you really don't need to go on that bike ride today. You probably should sit on the couch and rest. You guys have been motoring in the sand all day. Oh, you think he does? Um, yeah, maybe he's doing a case of doing too much. All right. Yeah, it's just it's just all timing with that stuff. You have to know when to rest and when to train. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that he has someone that's kind of been there at, at a top level to you know that he trusts. So when they say, "Hey, rest today," he'll actually do it. Right, you know, it's right. really it's really easy to do too much and then just bury yourself and and you can't really get out of the rut because you just want to do more at that point when you start struggling. So or when you're doing well, or when you're doing well, you want to do more because you figure if you do more, you'll do better. Yeah, right? right. It's always like you know, and it's that race mentality where more is better always, no matter what, and that's not always true. Right. Um, all right, prediction time here on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. By the way, Fly Racing uh, releasing their new gear this weekend. Uh, Andrew Short, yeah, Trey yeah. Kennard, uh, who, anybody else will be in it? Just those two? Yeah, Burner, oh, okay. Burner Short, Kennard, uh, all right, Catanzaro. Um, oh, everybody gets 14. Smith, everybody, everybody gets yeah, 14 all, the, all of our you know, main right. sponsored riders that you know, race the whole series. Uh, yeah, the stuff looks pretty bitchin'. Flyracing.com. Check it out. It's brand new 2014 stuff. Prediction time. On the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, give me your 250 predictions. 250 class, I'm going to go with um, Tomac, Roxen. Third play, I'm, I'm going to say Muslin's going to get back in there. Muscan, however you want to say it, right, right. kind of get back in the mix. You know what's weird about um, Muscan? Wait, you know what's weird about Muscan? I was looking at his points today. Uh, four fourths to start the season, right? Five motos okay. in a row on the podium. And now three yep. motors in a row off the podium. So, right. just weird. Streaky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he obviously crashed in the first turn last weekend, um, right. which pretty much shot in a chance. But, Who didn't um, crash in the first turn this weekend? You, maybe you. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Roxanne. Oh, yeah. So, um, 450. So, 450. Uh, I will say Bill Poto, Dungey, shocker with those two, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take Kennard. I'm going to take Kennard for third. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to yep. go with yep. Alessi for third. Okay. He's battling a bit of an injury from the uh, Bud's Creek get-off, but uh, maybe maybe him. Maybe he can get third. All right. <laughs> All right. Good thing nobody – well, that one guy <laughs> on Twitter really holds us to us, these predictions. But uh, Well, I think it's a good pick, so I can't really argue it. I, right. don't, I don't hate it. Right, right. And I would argue it. Trust me, if I had any room to argue, I would do it. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, Jason Thomas, uh, thank you for stepping up on the 4th of July. And uh, and doing this, uh, appreciate it on the fly racing. I want board. to remove any association from stepping up with me. That was all. Steve. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
Never, I was going to make a joke. I'm not. I'm going to. I'm going to take the high road and, and lose, not not You're say. You're going to tell joke. me I need to step up because I'm so short. Uh, no, no, no. I was going to make a joke about uh, you know, um, different brand of motorcycle and, and an Instagram photo. But um, oh, gotcha. Uh, all right, Jason Thomas, thank you for your thoughts uh, on Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, and we will see you at Redbud uh, this Saturday. And, uh, man, I look forward to it. Uh, God bless America. See you guys. See you. Yeah, thanks, everybody. This has been the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. I want to thank everybody for listening uh, on this July 4th. Happy uh, July 4th to everybody out there listening. Red Bud this weekend. Pumped about that. Thank you to Fly Racing for uh, giving away that gear. That's awesome. The Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market. Distributed in 40 plus countries worldwide. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you to our guests. Thank you for our callers. And we will be back in a couple weeks on Thursday, noon Pacific, Fly Racing Motor 60 Show. Peace out. <laughs>